All right, Project, welcome back to the first sort of, or it's the second In the Black of the Year, but I feel like it's the first official one, episode 50 of In the Black. And today we have on a special guest, someone who works now for OPEC, so that's how we got connected. Uh, Her name is Candice Hudspeth, and she is a very, very highly qualified uh, marketing expert. Uh, Just to give you an idea, she is now Director of Marketing at OPEX. Um, She's founded her own company, Nourish and Bloom, uh, which she's had for a while. Um, she, for a long time, was on the, the board for the Lift Life Foundation. She was also the Vice President of Brand Innovation at Bodybuilding.com for three years, which we know that uh, was, you know, it's a serious, mm. serious undertaking to be on Bodybuilding.com. I think it's like a million visitors a day or something. Jesus. Yeah, it's like... A lot of people want to get jacked. Yeah, That's it, the is, truth. it is one of the biggest sites in the world in fitness. Um, so, she was obviously a big, big part of their marketing and then she worked in New York City as well. Uh, before that, was the Chief Digital Integration Officer, um, the Global Director of McCann. Um, so, she's basically had, um, oh, sorry, as well, she was also the Global Strategy Manager of IBM. So, man, she's super, super highly qualified and it's really cool now that she's decided, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of over this hustling grind. You know, we kind of talk about her journey a little bit and how, you know, she, she sacrificed a lot of her health and fitness for her career and now she's at a point now where she's really come back and blended sort of her love for fitness with her work and that's why she's at OPEX. Um, but today's conversation is all about Instagram marketing, uh, Facebook marketing, branding and there's really no one better qualified mm. that we've had on before to talk about this stuff. So, some really, really practical, really good tips and advice for anyone who's looking or anyone who uses Instagram to grow their business, to grow their following um, and is just concerned about you know putting the best stuff for their brand out there possible. Yeah, and she's got both sides to it. So, she does like personal Instagrams, like her own and other people's personal brand, but then also how to have an Instagram for lots and lots of gyms. Yeah. So, how to just do it more generally for a business as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, some really, really good stuff in there for you guys. Guys, today as well, we're brought to you by two companies that have exceptional marketing and exceptional branding. Uh, The first company is TrueCoach, truecoach.co slash MMP. That's going to get you a free month and 50% off your next month. So, it's basically a no-brainer. It's a super cheap product as well already. Um, and so, if you go to the True Coach website, what you'll realize is it was formerly Fitbot, uh, but basically, if you're a remote coach or you, which for those of you that don't know what that means, that basically means you coach people online. <laughs> and for anyone who gets coached online, if you are having frustrations uh, with the current platforms that you're using, maybe you're using a website, maybe you're using an Excel sheet, maybe you're calling them on Skype, maybe you're using a Word doc, maybe using something more advanced than that. but Just, just shouting at each other. Yeah. Just yeah. calling out the program. Carrier pigeons, whatever it fucking is, fucking Morse code. If you're just having general frustrations with that and it's just not as smooth and as easy as it could be, it's time to make the switch to True Coach. Mm. Absolutely. Anyone who listens to this podcast that's involved in that, you must be on True Coach, no doubt. Yeah, and every single client, I believe at OPEX, where Candice works, that's right. is, using a, is using True Coach. Uh, if I'm... If, uh, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that James is an investor mm. in... Uh, True Coach as well. So, um, very tightly connected um, OPEX and True Coach, and obviously both great brands. Both know what they're doing, both know what clients want, both been doing it for a long time, so delivering a great product. So, truecoach.co slash MMP uh, to get that offer. And as well, guys, another company that we've been using for, I think we worked out it's about four years now. Yep. Um, the gym software that we have at Creature is uh, Waterfy. So, we love Waterfy because not only are they like one of the most popular, I think it's like 4,000 gyms or something now using Waterfy, um, but they're endorsed by Kalipa, they're endorsed by Froning. You know, these are really, really big names in fitness. They wouldn't be putting their reputation on the line if they didn't think that 
uh, this company wasn't delivering an amazing service for their brand um, and, and their gyms, and it definitely is, and it has for us. Um, if you guys are looking to basically have a better client experience and a better user experience from a staff perspective, from an owner perspective, and just kind of organize uh, the back end of your gym, deliver uh, like a smoother, better program, organize your schedules better, then Wattify is definitely uh, something you guys should be making the shift over to. And if you go wattify.com forward slash MMP, you get 20% off for the entire year. So it's same amazing. thing, they have like a free bit and then they'll do the whole changeover for you if you're a gym owner, so you don't need to lift a finger. And then for your entire year, you'll get 20% off. It's an incredible offer. All right, guys, go get it and listen to uh, In the Black, episode 50 with Candice Hudspeth. All right, My Muscle Project, welcome back to another episode of In the Black. This week, we have on Candice Hudspeth and she is the director or um, I don't know, maybe director or the head of marketing for OPEX. Um, OPEX. The boss of marketing. There we go. The marketing queen. Uh, but she's, uh, as I mentioned earlier, before we jumped into this, uh, a seriously extensive background, uh, a lot of experience um, working with some some big, big companies uh, on marketing. And marketing for the fitness industry, is it seems like it's everything these days. It's all it's all show and uh and, and it's very flashy and, and people are very drawn to, to the videos and the, the photos and the aesthetics of um, the fitness industry. I mean, that's a lot of what it's about, right? It's about aesthetics, about vanity um, on, on the surface, right? So it goes a lot deeper than that, but it's very different to plumbing. Marketing and plumbing is a lot different to uh, marketing fitness. It's, it's very important. So um, basically where I wanted to start, Candice, was you were at bodybuilding.com. What, when you went there, uh, maybe what was it, six years ago, five, six years ago, um, yeah, just about. What? Where was Instagram at at that point? Like when you were entering in there, like how much of that was it in the conversation and, and Facebook advertising as well? Because it was not as big, obviously, as it is now. It's had some pretty exponential growth the last few years. So, um, how much was it on your radar in terms of when you were coming in to help them with marketing, with the social media side of things? Gosh, it was like at the very core of the conversation. So, um, as I mentioned, like my career on the traditional agency side was really building out uh, content practices for digital and, and social uh, from the very beginning. So that's been like the last 18 or so years, early, early on in the conversation, obviously knowing where this trend was heading. Um, and so a lot of my expertise was like building out the best practices, the capabilities, the team structures, um, the production needs for creating lightweight content to scale. And so I did that obviously for the agency serving many brands and when speaking with bodybuilding.com, it was almost like building out a mini agency within the walls of the organization. So when I came in to do that, there was quite a large team. Um, but between marketing, merchandising, and creative services, over the time that I was there, you know, we were close to 70 people uh, supporting the brand. And I would say, if you're taking the three in marketing that were dedicated to social content, uh, the four or five that were on the production side, whether that be video or graphics, motion graphics and so forth, audio, and then our graphic design, you know, really looking at a good 12 to 15 people dedicated to digital content in its lightweight form supporting these channels. And so the infrastructure, the team, the processes, the best practice, and then of course, all the content strategy to support uh, the brand's growth across these properties was really my primary focus. Um, I think as for most companies today, like that's your interaction point, right, with your customers. And for someone like bodybuilding.com, you know, we were up in the 10 to 12 million in audience range across those channels, but a lot of that being focused on Instagram as the curator of all the channels and the, the way to have direct communication with the core audience who's loving and absorbing everything the brand is doing. Um, and I think that 
rings true for a brand of smaller scale or an individual uh, personality who's active in social media as well. So I like to focus on Instagram as as the core place of the moment, right? Because that mm. changes all the time. But I think for of recent moments, it's been the, the main platform mm. to focus on. Yeah, I think what's uh, always been interesting, uh, the sort of the evolution I've seen over the last five years since we opened our gym um, was almost how, and I was doing it the other day, I was, I was on someone's website and it was about something else. Uh, someone emailed us. And the first thing I do now when I go to a website is I click the Instagram social icon. And I remember when I first built our website, um, I didn't put the social icons on there because um, I didn't think it was that important. I put the Facebook on there, but I didn't put the Instagram. And it's funny now how like every single company that I go to, I land on their website and then I find their, their Instagram and I go to the social icon. It's almost become the um, core like marketing message or the core like feeling, the, the emotion behind the brand. So you can Absolutely. kind of get an idea of what it's like. Um, what do you think yeah, is some... Yeah, but so, what do you think are some big mistakes that companies are making uh, when people are first clicking through to their Instagram and looking at it? Well, I think they're just not being as intentional about it as they would be some of what they would consider to be their core brand assets, right? And I think you're mentioning like a, a pretty typical um, business owner to customer mindset of like, I'm going to build my website, they're going to come to my website, they're going to click on my Instagram, they're going to visit my pro- profiles. But in all reality, like, Instagram is really becoming your new homepage. And most people are coming across that content by the way they're searching and absorbing products. You think about consumer behavior in general has pivoted um, with the way that we are like creating uh, user behavior through like something like a search engine like Google, right? All searches used to happen there. Now those, those searches are primarily knowledge graph related, right? Someone wants a quick hit of information or directions to somewhere and that appears on the Google search results page. And so they're like handling that need within Google itself product searches now, people just go to Amazon. I think the stats close to 70% of product searches are like only happening on Amazon. When it comes to searching like a business brand or a personality that you want to have interest in, you want the most authentic representation of like who that is. So you typically go to a platform like Instagram directly and start searching for that person based on what you know about them or their business. And or you're looking at a niche topic and coming across the experts within that topic and that's surfacing through the platform itself. They're hitting the profile and the profile is now your new homepage. So like you have to start with that in mind, right? Your, your website might actually be the afterthought in most scenarios. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, when, when people are uh, kind of building out the Instagram or, or trying to do something with it, I think a lot of people approach it um, like a day-to-day sort of thing. What am I going to post today? Like what am I going to write today? There's not necessarily any consistency um, between the weeks or the posts or however you want to put it over the year, for example. What are some, uh, like, where do you start? Is there like a base framework that you use to kind of build out the social media or is it, um, you know, week by week, month by month? Like, what, what do you use for this stuff? Yeah, I think most of the time people, when I talk to either individual um, entrepreneurs or business owners or gym owners, like, they're busy, so marketing in itself is like an afterthought or it's like (laughs) the side job that they're trying to maintain while running their business. And so I try to have that like hat on when I'm having these discussions. Cause for me, I'm like, I'm all in marketing all the time. So I think let's be robust in our strategic approach. Let's build frameworks, let's plan content, you know, and and in reality, like you have to really pare it down based on the priority of the business owner and realizing how much staff they have to support it. But for me, I always start by just like having that conversation about why, like, Instagram is a platform we now know is becoming that new homepage for your audience. So we know we have to be intentional about it. Are we in alignment that like that's a place we have to focus on from a content perspective? 
if not, let's really think about that. And, you know, if I go back to like the old school, like people do business with people they trust, people trust people they know, you can get people to know who you are and what you stand for through content. Like, do we agree on that? Let's, mm-hmm. let's, be, let's have alignment there. And then kind of go back to like, okay, well, like Instagram is one of the, one of the most amazing platforms that's out there for us to actually expose who we are um, as a person and for others to absorb that and decide I like them or nah, that's not for me. Right. So like if we think about it from that perspective, we, we really have to be more intentional. We really have to be more thoughtful about how we, how and what we put out into, uh, into that platform. And so usually that type of alignment and discussion will start to drive people to ask more questions around why. So then where do I start is usually the big thing. And for me, it's like, let's start with the basics. Let's one, do we know who your audience is? Let's define them. If we don't, let's be really clear and get really specific on who our ideal customer is. Um, let's be really clear and specific about what it is we sell and how it is we sell it. Um, and then let's build a strategy around that. And so for most people, they're like, they're willing to have that conversation um, then. And they, they're like, oh man, I gotta be more, more mindful about this. I can't just wake up in the morning and think as I'm scrolling through my feed, oh, so-and-so posted a workout tip of the day. I better post one today. <laughs> like, oh no, let's actually build a construct out to be more thoughtful. Um, and so typically I'll start with the super basics. Like, is my bio optimized? <laughs> like, is that the place? Can people find me? Do people know what I do, who I serve, how I serve them? And do they have instructions on where to find out more and what to do next really coherently in my bio? And so my, my profile is now on my homepage. I need to be intentional. I need to be consistent. I need to think about my bio. I need to think about my highlights. I need to think about my feed design and think about call to action. So I'd start there and help people really work on shaping. I have 150 characters in that bio to tell this person. I have like really 30 seconds to avoid a swipe left, right? Mm-hmm. What am I going to say to let them know like I'm for them? And this is, the, this is what they're going to get when they hang out with me here. Mm. Um, so starting there, I think, is the first and foremost place. And then I would get into t- things like, all right, knowing my feed has to be designed um, with intention also. And it has to reveal things about my brand from an emotional and a visual and a voice perspective like i have to think about planning my content a little bit more strategically so planning content would be like the next thing that i would think about um once you have beautiful content that's actually going to hook people then i think well you got to start focusing on the actual meat behind that content of of writing like even though it's a visual platform it's very much a long-form content platform and more and more you're seeing people move away from blogging and microblogging in an instagram fashion and so are you thinking strategically about copywriting tactics to represent the images and the videos that you're posting on the platform? So then I would talk people through that. Then I would get a little bit more advanced with them and say like, you have all these amazing features at your disposal, like stories and IGTV and um, things like being really innovative with your highlights or using all the gifts and components that are within stories. Are you doing that? And why is doing that important even if you're just playing because every single thing you do has impact on the algorithm for you when it comes to visibility and engagement and ultimately growth. And then lastly, I would say, all right, if you're going to invest in this platform, we need to think about how are we getting more eyes on your content? And for me, you can break that down to like tagging, timing, and engagement and start to create some structure for people to have a quick recipe for success on thinking through how they get the most eyes on their content. Mm. That's good. So it's like that was like a thinking about yeah yeah i was like instagram for dummies yeah that was good do you use um are you using anything outside of instagram like people often um i want like ask us oh should we download i don't know what the 
HubSpot or whatever that shit's called and with all the statistics and data and stuff. Um, there's a lot of data on Instagram. There's not heaps, but it feels like there's enough. Oh, we've got a guest. Alex, we're going to call you back. Hey, Alex. <laughs> yes. Let me jump off. I'll jump off. All right. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah. So, uh, that, that's the next guest. He's, uh, we're going to have to put him on hold. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, are you, are you able to use enough of the statistics and the tools inside of Instagram or do you recommend that people, if they are going to kind of take it to the next level, is kind of um, use the different features within Instagram? I'm just trying to remember what some of them are. but Yeah. No, I think um, it depends like on where you're at in your journey. Some people are still using like their personal accounts as their primary, as a profile and some people have migrated over to business accounts and there's pros and cons for doing both. I think if you're at a point in your business where you're ready to invest dollars into supporting um, your content, getting more visibility, then I would say migrate. Uh, just know that if you do and you want to sustain your reach and engagement, like you will have to put some dollars behind that or you will see an impact on your engagement. So be mindful. Um, but there are a lot of pros, and pros to doing so. If you have the dollars and you have an audience of 10,000 plus, then you can use like swipe up features. If you're not ready though and you're just using uh, a personal profile like there are ways to hack around that by just using the sticker tags and stories right and like double clicking someone into your profile and then letting them do the link in the bio to get to your site and as long as you prompt them it's like it's just as quick so for those that are have a smaller following i'm always like don't panic about that there's always hacks around it but if you do lean into a business account there's a lot of upside including analytics and leaning into ig insights one of the most valuable things that you can do is just scroll into your insights click on your audience filter and then actually scroll down through that and start to look at your popular posting days and popular posting times and just identify those high volume times uh, during the day and the days of the week and just start targeting your posts to those times. So you know that when you, this is no longer is it just about like publishing awesome content that gets engagement, but it's more about how fast that piece of content gets engagement when you publish it. Mm. So if you peak your post timing when your audience is most active and they actually flock to your piece of content and give it some love right away, it like shoots off all these signals to the algorithm saying, this is high quality content. I want to surface this content to more people and it actually gets your content more exposure. So just being mindful of a simple trick like that can add a lot of value. Mm. And if you don't have analytics yet because you're like a personal account or just like a small gym, is there like typical times and days uh, within someone's time zone that generally is pretty successful in in fitness and posting? But, but also on that, is there like a percentage you can give as to what you found as a range as to how much the engagement goes down when you choose when you switch over to business from personal hmm. yeah i don't have an exact number i just know that like their business right and so the minute you opt into the advertising component of the business that platform says this person wants to spend money and they want you to spend money right so mm. it's like you're kind of like in that psychology zone of like they're now a pay to play model. So I'm going to minimize the reach that they have organically because I want them to spend more dollars. So intuitively, you just know that the system's going to push you into that zone if you opt into it. Um, I would say if you don't have analytics, um, every fitness business is slightly different, but you tend to see more um, fitness engagement. Obviously, on a Sunday, kind of peaks through Sunday evening as people are planning their week. Monday sort of drops off as people get really excited or get into their work day and kind of get distracted. Then it kind of picks up again, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, drops a little bit over on Saturday and you see it peak again on that following Sunday. 
um, but every business is like slightly different. So you can use tools like um, if you're publishing through Hootsuite or a HubSpot or a HubSpot's obviously a little bit more expensive, but something like a later is great um, because you can, there's so many tools in there that will help you design your feed thoughtfully, plan your content more proactively, schedule your posts, and then also um, track your most popular post times. And I think later has this really cool feature where if you turn it on, it actually tells you your most popular post times based on your audience. And when you drag and drop your content from your media library, it can auto place your posts to those strategic times that are most active for you. So it actually like does the thinking for you. Then you just get a text that says publish post now mm. and your copy and your asset is already in that alert and you just publish and go. So there are a lot of really cool apps out there that make your life super easy once you have the plan locked and loaded. Is it just, um, this could just be a, a bullshit rumor, but I heard that using those sort of apps, maybe it might be the ones that publish it all the way to the finish line for you, uh, actually decrease your engagement. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some truth to that, right? Like another system, they want you to use the platform natively. Um, later would probably be a way around that since it does get you that alert and then you are actually posting the content yourself. You're just copying and pasting. But there are limitations to the tools that are out there that are publishing all the way through for you. Most of them can't publish a carousel asset or can't post, um, publish a video asset. It's like only a static image. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of limited to what you can do with um, return features if you want like strategic spacing in your copy and or you want spacing before hashtags or you want hashtags in the first comment, not in the actual post. So there's a lot of limitations um, to the tools and, and natively the platform works well. Um, mm -hmm. But having those little hacks where you have the content all pre-written and it's just like hitting you in a text message for you to copy and paste makes your life a thousand times easier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think if anyone's uh, not good at using it natively at the moment, then unless they want to spend a lot more time practicing and a lot more time on their phone, it's probably a good option, especially if most most people generally don't want to spend more time on their phone. They probably do it enough already and they want to try and get away from it as much as possible but still deliver good content. Um, so when it's coming to the video side of things, uh, video is kind of like at a peak right now. Um, I don't even know if this is even the top of the peak. It's, we could just still be on the climb but... People are obsessed with video. It's um, becoming, you know, like one of the most searched terms on YouTube. People are literally becoming uh, influencers on just how to make better videos and how to make, you know, better posting for Instagram. Um, and that kind of leads the conversation towards YouTube. YouTube is obviously um, a massive platform and seems like a good way for people to get more exposure uh, to grow an Instagram audience. So, because it's the second biggest search engine in the world after Google, seems like a lot of people can find you through YouTube, which then would eventually, if they like your stuff, lead you to Instagram. Um, what has been your experience and involvement with YouTube? I'm so sorry, guys. Are you hearing this buzz that's notification that's coming off on my end or is it no, no, my D&D no. end? No, no, it's all you. It's I'm, all you. Hoping, I'm hoping you're not hearing it. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's gosh, chicken or the egg, because both platforms have such an amass of audience behind them. And we're talking about a pretty niche topic on both. And discoverability is challenging on both. I think people are who have uh, were early on in YouTube creation and have grown a following there um, and have the masks acquired there. Absolutely. But if you're starting net new, it can be just as challenging to create the interest in the content or discoverability of the content that you're posting on YouTube as well. Um, granted, there are like a ton of ways to get in and optimize YouTube content for searchability, for growth, and fitness is one of the like 
fitness how-to content is like, that's the place to go. Um, I would say YouTube 100%, but equally it's hard to start growing an audience. And I think if you are able to focus on doing one platform really well and optimizing uh, the heck out of it until you reach a certain mass of growth before you start scaling and fragmenting your own efforts is probably a better way to go, especially if you're um, a small business owner or you know an individual uh, entrepreneur because you just don't have the time and energy to be that fragmented. Um, but I would pick one and do it really, really well, reach some scale and then go across both if you can, unless like, uh, you know, I'm not a cut once paste to all platforms because I think you have to intuitively create content for each platform and, and the mindset that the customer is when, in when they're absorbing content on that platform. And YouTube, I think is very much a lean back, consume longer form media and Instagram is like quick hit and scroll. And so there's some synergy there, but you want to be strategic about what you're creating for both platforms. Hmm. Is there a big difference for uh, like location specific businesses to so say a gym uh, where you're really trying to target people in your area and then say like a podcast like us, but we don't care, we can reach everywhere in the world. Uh, would you say like some platforms are much better than others, depending if you're location specific or not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, something like Instagram gives you so many tools to be able to, when you're tagging content for upload, to use geolocation and even within a hashtag strategy to be very geo-specific or niche-specific paired with geo-specific, which is going to give you a lot more likelihood of growing within that niche in your area and, and being discoverable versus like something that's national and you're going to have, you know, you're trying to break through in all the noise. So I would absolutely think Instagram is a little easier for you to optimize in that sense when you are location locked. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a um, so many intricacies to all these platforms. It just uh, spins you around. They, probably the, the other thing is just trying to stay on top of whatever the updates to the algorithm are. I know there's like a monthly update to pretty much all platforms um, with just some small tweaks and things that people need to know like how many hashtags you use or just random stuff like that, that that's important um, if it's a core part of your business. So how do you stay on top of, well, I mean, I know it's a full-time job, so it's probably, <laughs> it's probably a job to do that, but how can other people stay on top of their algorithm changes and, and making sure that they're not making huge errors month to month? Yeah, I think most of the platforms, especially IG, like they're so great about publishing them all to their own blog. So even just subscribing to the blog or the newsletter so that you're getting those updates when um, announcements happen. And then just realizing like not to panic when you hear something and uh, or you see a new release and you think it means you have to change everything. Like typically it's um, a tweak that they're making for the right reason and it's something that's going to impact what, how you execute over time. Um, what I would say is when a new feature is released, pay more attention there, play with the feature. Again, like every time Instagram rolls these out, they want people playing with those new features so that they get feedback. And the more active you are at utilizing it, the more likely is you're going to get some viral lift from that engagement. So it's like, I know it's kind of scary, but like everyone's in the same boat, right? No one knew how to use like the Giphy stickers when they first came out or no mm -hmm. one really knew how to use stories when they first came out. They kind of mm -hmm. did for, if they were on Snap, but if they were new to this platform, like they didn't. So you just kind of like take the risk, make yourself a little bit silly and kind of not care mm -hmm. and realize that that content's gone in like a hot second. So it doesn't really matter anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone feels the same amount of nervousness and playing with those new features as you do. So just play and know that you playing is going to have more positive impact than you not playing. Like you sitting back and being a little bit more reserved means your content's just not getting exposure. But if you jump in and every time they release something new, you play with it, most likely that content's going to get lift and get you some organic views that you maybe wouldn't have had if you didn't play. 
Mm. Yeah, nice. I'm sort of uh, just conscious of time. I, I want to kind of wrap this up with um, probably a question that's on a lot of gym owners and fitness businesses' minds that um, basically have a separate business to their to themselves, to themselves personally. They're, they're not the brand, um, which is basically a lot of gym owners. Um, but yeah, for, for PTs and obviously online trainers and stuff, they are the face, they are the brand. But um, a lot of people are trying to, you know, create a, a business that they can probably sell or step away from and it's hard when it's you know your name um and then you are in, you know the subject of all the all the online workout videos so what is your advice for people um how important is it like you know if you're the gym owner you've got all these coaches uh but you have this you know one brand page you know say take to our gym for example creature fitness right like is uh, how important is it for the coaches that will show up on that Instagram every now and then and, and the owners that will show up on that Instagram every now and then to be putting um, you know, that same level of effort into their own Instagram so that when people go, oh, I wonder what these coaches are like or I wonder what this owner's like, um, you know, they click through to the page and they don't just see you cheers with schooners and uh, playing footy and um, you know, maybe just traveling overseas Good or whatever. Enough. Does it need to be in alignment with the brand page? Um, where do, where do you fall on that? Yeah, I think, gosh, it's a hard one because part of me wants to go like, if you're if you're in this business and you're creating this um, uh, this blueprint of who you are to give value to the world in a meaningful way, like you shouldn't really be doing it with the intention of stepping away. Part of me wants to go down that rabbit hole, but I won't for a minute. Hmm. I'll just like stay focused on if that is the case. Um, I would say you got to start with you because you know the mission probably better than anyone else, right? And the purpose behind it. And you got to go move yourself over the years of leaning with mission uh, and getting buy-in and creating culture around that mission to pivoting toward movement. And when you've made that pivot, that movement becomes more about your audience, the collective um, behind the mission that than it does about you. Uh, and then you can pull yourself out of the content even more because it's more about feeding into the community and letting the community uprise and celebrate the movement that they've become a part of that's that's their message carrying forward versus your message carrying forward in the beginning. And that's for that, that, finding that pivot point is really, I think, dependent on the individual and how fast they're growing and how impactful and clear they are with their messaging, like how well they know uh, that audience, know that product, know that service, know that mission and are articulating that to the world. And the more people are catching on to that and then running with it, the faster they can pull themselves out. Um, I don't know if that answers the question completely, hmm. but I think, yeah, like you start mission driven and people are buying into you, absolutely, but they're buying into something bigger than you, then they're rallying around that, they're becoming part of that movement. And as that movement grows, it's less about you, more about them. Mm. So I think if you can crack that formula and the timing, it makes that transition smooth, but uh, on a case-by-case -case basis, which is so cool that you guys have a platform like this. Um, and I love like what we're doing over here because those conversations are the conversations I love to have with business owners. And it's like, you need the minds to come in, come together and talk through these, these solutions and pressure test each other and like tug of war a little bit to find the right answer that brings the business value and then keeps the customer mission uh, really pure and intactful, right? Because I think that's the hard part when you're trying to make a pivot like that is like, are you staying true to the customer mission that you've started even when you're stepping away and continuing to deliver that value as you do? Has that baby grown enough for you to be able to do that mm. and still have this thing live on that you're proud of? Mm. Or are you going to walk away and feel like, man, that could have been awesome, you know? All right, Project, we're back. We uh, we had a small hiccup. Um, we have turned this back. We were just discussing how 
as an owner, you can, as an owner of a fitness business, you can transition out of your business and how you need to do that gracefully and, and where that kind of point is and how it kind of all ties in with social media. Um, so, Candice, can you give us some more insights as to how you would go about, um, you know, that, that transition? Yeah, um, I don't exactly remember where we were specifically, but I think my train of thought there is uh, obviously working uh, from the very beginning to know your your exit strategy, right? Like for your goal for this, if you know it's something you're going to be doing long term, you obviously would approach your content strategy uh, and brand and voice from a very different perspective of if you believe you're going to be exiting sooner rather than later. And I think that's important to have um, have that intent when you're creating content. So, for instance. If uh, you're gonna grow faster, obviously, by leading with your personality, especially if you're someone who already has some notoriety in a particular niche, um, and you have interest generated there. So leading with your heart and um, your authentic self first, you're obviously gonna grow the fastest, people are gonna connect to that. But as if your plan is to exit, I would recommend immediately kind of surrounding yourself by other like-minded experts or subject matter leads that you're gonna showcase with you so that the platform isn't only about you, um, and really working your content strategy to pivot from like this personal mission that you might build the business from to more of a movement that culturally your audience is going to connect to. And eventually the the content strategy really becomes about less about you, more about them. And so that pivot from uh, personal mission to cultural movement is something you need to be more mindful of in your content strategy. And I would say, you know, creating content from a place of a panel or a group of experts is a really great approach. Uh, personally, I actually launched a women's wellness product line uh, that was a private label subset for bodybuilding.com called Nourish and Bloom. And it was meant to be uh, a wellness-minded product line. And I knew um, I would be taking role as founder, initiator of the concept, uh, creator of the content and the mission, but surrounding myself with a group of women and other experts to really tell the full story because I knew that it wasn't something that I would be running 100% my own for the long term and that it'd be easier for me to step away as the face of that product once it was in market, knowing that it was underpinned by the success of a culture, um, a cultural movement and a group of women who were upholding the brand mission outside of just myself. So then I could step away, I can be here at OPEX now and this brand can have a life of its own. Um, I'll always have that place as the founder, but it's kind of living beyond me now that I'm not there. And so that was the approach that I took. But I think the more you can make the content about the, the community you've created and the cultural movement, less about your personal mission, the faster you can do that, the easier that transition is. Mm. So yeah, it's a good point. I think that um, the unfortunate fact is that not people have that much foresight uh, before they start their thing, right? And they sort of end up too far down the path and they're too heavily connected to their business, especially when they want to step away. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, it's, it's something that they can figure out and that they can do slowly. And like you said, bring in more experts, bring in more faces for the brand so that you can kind of dilute your uh, your face a little bit, not the message, but your face and, and then you know, put the other experts in. Um, just kind of wrapping this up, what uh, what's kind of on the horizon a little bit for OPEX? That's what you're doing. That's what you're passionate about. It's where you are now. Um, everyone that's listening to this podcast knows OPEX and what they do. Um, but obviously having someone like you on board, I imagine things are going to kind of go up to the next level. So uh, without obviously giving away the stuff you can't give away, what uh, what do people have to be excited about? What are you kind of building with OPEX? 
yeah, gosh, there's so much happening across the board. Um, it's a really exciting time. Like I mentioned, we're just we just launched a brand new membership site. So obviously really continuing to support the education platform and creating um, a whole suite of new courses and um, programs that will live in the education platform is a big area of focus. And just making sure that that user experience is really seamless um, and that people are enjoying the experience as they're learning with us. Uh, secondly, uh, really up-leveling the public-facing brand, uh, giving it a little bit of a, of a fresh facelift uh, across all of our public-facing assets has been a big um, area of focus. And then launching our newest course, Mixed Modal, um, which is you know James's brainchild of over the last 20 years, and really him just uh, building from what he built with OPEC CCP and focusing more on educating coaches who really wish to develop um, athletes in the competitive space and launching a whole course around that will be a big focus for us next year. Outside of the education, um, we're also really, really passionate about focusing on the gyms business. And so, you know, we're over 70 gyms worldwide now, and that program is going to be getting a lot of energy uh, from myself and the whole team uh, as we go into next year really just building a brand around around OPEX gyms. You know, what is OPEX gyms? Why are they different? What does it feel like to be an OPEX gym member um, as well as an owner? So I think right now we, it's a conversation we have within our own community uh, for coaches who are in the system and who already understand our mission and vision and are ready to take their coaching career to the next level. They're, they're having that conversation with us right now. I want to be an OPEX gym owner. But to the public, that doesn't mean much yet. And so that's really the focus for me next year is making OPEX gyms mean something to the customer who's uh you know at, at work and in their day job and realizing they want to be health healthier and fit and do so in a way that that gives them longevity uh versus a quick fix and having them recognize opex gyms is the place that i can go do that mm. well that is a, a very noble mission it's a very difficult mm. one to get people out of six-week challenge mindset but uh, i think if anyone can do it it's um you and, and the team at opex so Looking forward to kind of seeing what, what unravels, what unfolds there. Um, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, Candice, or they maybe have more questions or they want to see kind of how you work your Instagram, I'm sure they're probably they're curious after we've spoken about it so much. Where can they find you? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm just at Candice Hudspeth. It's Candice with a K. Most people uh, throw in this and kind of get lost, but you can find me there. Um, I also have a, a website under my full name as well. Um, that's just focused on kind of my personal mission of getting people to move and um, and use really the strength and the discipline that they learn through their fitness to apply into their career. So I have a couple of, of digital products that help people do that as well. Um, but for me, I'm just, yeah, I'm here at OPEX, so they can always shoot OPEX support or even uh, hit up the OPEX uh, Instagram DM and I'll almost likely it'll get to me somewhere or I'll check it myself. Mm. Uh, but we're, yeah, the team here is fairly small. So if you need me, um, you can reach out through OPEX or a personal channel. Amazing. Well, Candice, we uh, appreciate your time, your insights being on. And uh, speaking of Raph, I think that we should uh, do a full interview at one point, talk about your whole fitness journey. Um, I think it'll probably appeal to a lot of people. Um, so uh, we look forward to that and I'm sure that we'll tee that up soon. But for now, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Candice.